Welcome to the OA Light a Candle meeting podcast. Visit our website at oalaig.org where you will find several speaker feeds with over 800 speaker files, forms for ordering CDs for these speakers, and a place to donate to keep this special service active. The opinions expressed on the Light a Candle podcast are those of individual OA members and do not represent OA as a whole. I would now like to introduce our speaker for tonight, Albert. Hi, I'm Albert. I'm a compulsive overeater. Thank you for asking me to lead. I... um, I, I'll, I start off slow, and then things will pick up, so the first few minutes are going to suck. <laughs> I am a total miracle of this program. I came in almost 10 years ago. I've lost, not entirely in this program, but from my highest weight, somewhere between 110 and 130 pounds. Um, when I came into this program, I came in completely broken, completely broken, um, I'll start at the beginning. Um, Like a good number of people in this program, I thought that when I lost the weight that my life would get better. And my entire life strategy was, how do I lose this weight? How do I stop compulsive eating? Um, I'm not going to say that I was born a compulsive overeater. I was born a child of God. And somewhere along the way... um, My loneliness caused me to turn to food for every problem that I had. And food was just my solution, and to a certain extent, it still is today. And I worked this program totally imperfectly, but I'll talk a little bit about what brought me here. And I am, where I'm at in my recovery is beyond my wildest expectations. I could not have imagined the recovery that I have today um, when I came into this program. And if someone told me it was going to take 10 years to get my life straightened out, I would have left. Um, And in some ways, in the first year, that was amazing. And the second year, it was amazing. And in the third year, it was amazing. And it just kept getting better and better. And um, it's it's all just gotten better because my faith has gotten deeper and the level of vulnerability that I'm willing to share has just gotten deeper. My willingness to be more honest and open has just grown. So, um, yeah. Okay. So, for those of you that have heard my story before, um, I was a non-functioning compulsive overeater. I lived as a shut-in for a few years. Um, I had blankets over the windows in my house, towels over the mirrors, so I wouldn't have to look at myself. I was disgusted with myself. I felt completely hopeless and broken and didn't have any language to articulate the possible reasons why. And when I came into, um, when I hit rock bottom, And I won't go too much into detail about my rock bottom story, but when I hit rock bottom, I was at the end of my rope and just wanted to kill myself, and I made plans to kill myself. And I left town and and went about all of the things that I needed to do so that I could end my life. 
and God stepped in, and I'm not going to go into that story because of time. God stepped in, and I needed to come home and try to find a way that I could make my life work. And I found a therapist, and after six months, the therapist got me into OA. And when she first said, why don't you try Overeaters Anonymous, I was insulted. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? I don't need OA to do this. I can do this on my own. And the last diet that I was on was a 500-calorie-a-day diet. My friend got this chemical that I was supposed to inject into my stomach, and I was supposed to lose weight. And I would do this, and, and every week I'd go in and tell my therapist, I look good, right? I'm losing weight. I'm losing weight. And in a month, I dropped about 40 pounds. And I said, I look good, right? And she says, Albert, you look like shit. Your skin looks gray. You look sick. Go to a meeting. And, and I wouldn't come. The, the following week, I was off the diet and, um, and back at it. You know, I, I started to put on the weight. And when I put on about 20 pounds of that, she said, why don't you go to a meeting tonight? And uh, I said, okay, I'll go. And she says, great, call me after. And I said, shit, now i got to go. So I went to a meeting, and I sat across the street from the meeting and watched people walk in. And I thought, I can't, I don't want to go in there. Um, But God willed me to walk in, and the first person that I ever heard speak in this program told my story. And it came from someone who I never imagined could have the kind of problems that I had. Um, I want to share a journal entry. This is February 14th, 2008, and I came in somewhere around August in 2008. Today's the day. I promise to let myself feel loved without fear. Today, I'll make the necessary steps to live a more fuller and successful life. I'll celebrate my achievements and love those who support my growth. I'll honor my parents and brothers by living up to my potential. I'll give back to those who have given to me. I'll love unconditionally. I'll pursue success for the pleasure of helping others. I'll not pursue material wealth, rather honor my value by giving to others. Today I'll start a goal to change significant areas of my life. They include my physical and mental health, my career, um, having deep loving relationships, and i.e. seek a wife, actively seek mentors, help, and advice to maintain my momentum. When I work toward my goals, I'm showing love for myself and for my family. When I reach my goals, I'll enjoy my success and celebrate. Today, I acknowledge that I have denied myself love by sabotaging my success and and relationships. Today, on Valentine's Day, I'm pledging my love to myself. By doing this, I'll be better able to love my friends, family, and the wife and children I hope to have. I end this letter by saying goodbye to all the parts inside of me that have made me so unhappy for so many years. I'm not afraid. I'll love and be loved and have, and not fear rejection. Love, Albert. So that was on the 14th. And on the 17th, not a good day. I broke my diet. But it's Sunday, and I'll allow a day off. Monday, I'll start at the gym and focus on my diet. 
Um, the 19th, I'm recognizing my self-sabotage resistance to making progress toward my goals. Um, the 22nd, I let myself down. There's no excuse. My stomach hurts. I ate so much. I'm making myself fat. I need help. I need a, a plan. Um, and it just kind of goes on and on. I, without this program, could not figure it out by myself. Um, I thought I could, and I spent years trying to figure out why I was so fucked up. Sorry, I wasn't supposed to cuss. <laughs> um, in my early years of trying to figure it out, I got my bachelor's degree in, in, in psychology. I got my master's and then PhD in an area of psychology, and at that point I thought I was completely hopeless because I wasn't meeting anybody that was telling me anything that I didn't already know about myself. There wasn't anything that somebody can tell me that made me feel like I wasn't completely alone and broken. Um, this program has given me more than all of the education, all the self-help books. Um, everything that I can do to figure it out on my own, I could not do it without the help of my fellows and, and with God. When I came into this program, I believed that there was a God, but I didn't believe that God saw me. Um, I thought I was invisible to God the way that I was invisible to my family, to my friends. I mean, I didn't have friends. Um, I was just alone all the time. And I felt like God witnessed that. In fact, my mom had this, this needlepoint that read, um, friends are God's way of telling you he loves you. And I hated that fucking thing because I didn't have friends. <laughs> and I felt so ashamed um, in my loneliness. And ultimately, loneliness is what was killing me. Um, loneliness, you know, food was the, the medication to that loneliness, to that deep feeling that I was alone and nobody would ever understand me. Um, so when I came into this program, I found my home. I found my people. Um, there was a meeting where I said that I was ready to stop overeating and I needed help. And someone came up to me and offered to be my sponsor. And he said, call me every day. If you don't call me, I can't be your sponsor. So I'd call him every day and we'd talk and it was good. He started me out and, and I love him for it. He said, um, eat three meals a day and nothing in between. And I said, but nutritionists say you should eat six times a day. And he said, you know, how's that working out for you? And it wasn't. So I, I followed that plan. And slowly I started to feel really different. So when we would talk, though, I would talk about the things that were pushing me into the food, my lack of insecurity with myself, my overall shame about where my life was. And he would say, you know, I don't care about any of that. Are you abstinent? And I'd say, yes. He's like, then you're fine. And that didn't work for me. Uh, it was during the holidays when um, he wasn't returning any of my calls, and I kept reaching out. So after a while, I stopped, and um, a month later, he said, maybe a couple weeks later, he said, well, I told you if you didn't call me every day, then I couldn't be your sponsor. And he dumped me, and I made a bunch of resent, resent-filled 
phone calls to talk about what an asshole this guy was. And someone that I called said, I'd love to be your temporary sponsor. Um, Because she doesn't work with men. And I said, that's fine. Um, She is still my sponsor today. That is the longest relationship I've ever had with anybody. I disappear on everybody in my life. Everybody. And I tell people that if I ever say I love you, um, it's just a matter of time before I disappear. Um, I am in multiple programs to deal with the other issues that were brought up as a result of putting down the food. And I have found a deep level of love for myself that I didn't know was possible. Um, I love the man that I'm turning into. I genuinely love the person that I've turned into. There was a time when I thought I was completely unlovable and no one would ever want to be with me. There are days, maybe not the entire day, but there are moments during a day when I'll look at myself and say, how could anybody not want to be with me? And um, I do feel like I have the potential to bring a lot to the relationships that I have in my life, including the potential for romantic relationships, which is still a little bit rough. Um, There is nothing that I'd like to do more than to spend a Saturday night in front of the TV with a large pizza by myself. And I wish that that was different today, but to be completely honest, it's not. There are days when I just want to be alone and I want to eat, and be in front of the TV. And when I, I, I'm not turning my will in my life over to God, um, I might find myself turning my will in my life over to Netflix or to, you know, a cheat meal or something like that. And the miracle of this, of this program is that I've, I've learned to work it in a way that was more gentle than the previous thinking that got me here. I am a people pleaser. I am not rebellious. If you tell me what to do, I will do it. And I lived my entire life doing the things that other people wanted me to do, only to feel heartbroken and disappointed when I got the things that were supposed to make me happy. The things never made me happy. And I lived this life in this material, like... There's an intellectual materialism that I like. I like that game that if I acquire certain knowledge and apply it, then I will get the thing that I want, only to be disappointed by that. And then I played the spiritually materialistic game, which if I prayed and I meditated and I did that thing right, then I'd get what I wanted. And... The miracle of program today is I'm st- I've stopped looking for what I can get as a result of, of getting knowledge or experience or more spirituality, but I'm able to let go of those things and learn to just love and accept what I have as I am today. Um, it's a hell of a thing when you come into program and you realize that you're broken and need to work the steps, and then... After a while, you realize there was never anything wrong with me. Um, I'm a normal person, completely normal person, and there's nothing to fix there because there was never anything wrong. 
a huge part of my recovery today is looking at the stuff that I think brought me here and making room for it and learning to accept it. And really, the recovery isn't in looking at my past and wondering why I'm a compulsive overeater. It's looking at God and asking myself, why aren't I not stepping into everything that God has made me to be? Um, in my last five minutes, I'll just, I like to say this at every meeting, um, because the word God could be triggering for a lot of people. And I think that I've had a lot of different ideas about what God is. And it's grown over the years. And in the last four or five years, it's been pretty much the same metaphor. Um, the, years ago, NASA pointed the Hubble telescope at an area of sky no bigger than a grain of sand stretched out at arm's length. This is the way the narrator of this thing that I like to watch that reminds me of God. Um, so this tiny area of sky, um, the Hubble telescope pointed at that area for 10 days, and scientists thought that, was, that there was nothing there. And after 10 days, photons that had been traveling for something like 30,000 years started to reach the sensor of the, the telescope, uh, revealing 3,500 galaxies, each containing millions of stars. And that became my metaphor for, the higher, for a higher power, that God is the tiniest thing inside of me that I don't see any hope or any love or anything worthy, that if I just give time and patience to the smallest parts inside of me, I'm really discovering more than I ever thought was possible. Um, Yeah, I just want to pitch gratitude for this program. If you're new, keep coming back. This program truly has given me more than anything I could ever imagine. This isn't the share that I thought I was going to give. It was really all over the place, and I'm not even going to judge it, because I, I can go on and on for days for, about the recovery that this program has given me. The fact that I am here today loving myself as I am in this moment, not at 20 pounds lighter or dating this person or working in this job, the fact that I'm able to create space to love myself as I am today is all, all there is to recovery. This is a one-day-at-a-time program. If you find anything inspiring or anything that gets you to recognize the only thing that's true. For me and for all of us who are lucky enough to find a higher power in this program, that the only thing that is true for me today is that I get to embody the grace of God when I choose to embody the grace of God, that that's the only thing that's true. Everything else is just story that kind of followed me over the years. Um, Anyways, I think I'll end right there. Maybe there's time for a question. <laughs> or not. <laughs> Dina? Thank you so much. I saw you when you came in. You are a picture of the right? Um, do you actively practice double do I actively practice step 11? 
seven meditation. Um, my philosophy on the 12 steps are the old school philosophy where we work them fast and you work them often. So the answer is yes. Um, there isn't a day that goes by that I'm not praying. But I will say honestly that there are some days when I'm praying to God in thanks for everything that I have, and there are days where I'm praying to God that this isn't the life that I want, and if you're going to take it, just take it. A cry for help is a prayer to God. Finding space for who I am in the moment is a prayer to God. And there are days when I'm embodying a wounded child or a victim or that fighter or those parts of me that learn to survive, that turn to food, to feel good. And it's all God. I I don't know if there is a separation from who we are in any given moment To our higher power. I think it's, for me, it's a matter of, of stopping and taking a breath and really finding God in two deep breaths. Um, two deep breaths when I'm in the car. Five deep breaths when I'm at home. And can I find God there? Um, yeah, there's a lot of ways that I've learned to practice step 11. And, and um, just being in acceptance or being in pain, it's all God. Uh, I like to say that my lowest points brought me closer to God. My highest points have brought me closer to myself. There's no separation between those two points for me. Any Along the way, when did I start to really feel self-love? What I thought self-love was five years ago is not even close to what it is today. Um, I have moments where I feel so calm and so light in my hips, and I can't even explain why it feels so good. Um, That there's a level of love and acceptance that's there that I just didn't know was possible. But the self-hate that I had for myself before the rooms, that anything compared to those days um, is is really nothing short of a miracle. That self-love just comes when I'm willing to give myself to this program or my other programs. And to, to be willing to receive is probably the biggest gift that I've ever allowed myself to have. Um, to be willing to ask for help and to reach out and to be vulnerable and to not always be afraid that if somebody gets to know me that they're going to leave me. Um, like that's a level of self-love that, um, I don't know, I just can't, I can't explain any of this all that well, but I'm really grateful for the opportunity to have had a chance to share. Um, and with that, that's my time. Thank you.